0: You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. The Hitchhiker's Guide to Podcasting has this to say about the weekly Earth Station One podcast. Mildly entertaining, not nearly as exciting as the popping of bubble wrap, but slightly better than listening to Vogon Poetry. Be mildly entertained by Mike and Mike as they tackle an assortment of geeky topics each week. Check out the Earth Station One podcast and let your inner geek out to play. Thank you for listening to the Monster Sci-Fi Show. I'm your host, the monster, as you can hear. I'm outdoors. Self-isolating myself. Um, I'll talk about the cards soon enough. Although, compared to the pandemic, I'm like... Ah. I really don't see an upside on on this point here. But wow. 2020, right? It sucks. Like, majorly sucks. I've been putting off doing any podcast for various reasons since the beginning of 2020. And now that I'm officially self-isolating because the library's not closed, I got nothing else to do. I mean, I'm watching stuff, and I'm trying to read stuff, but after really one full day, like today is like the first day I actually got to stay home. Didn't have to report to work to do projects or whatever, but the first full day that I'm like, (laughs) Oh, <laughs> i already got. I don't want to say have cabin fever, but you know I've gone out. You know, this morning, one of my kittens uh, still has an upper respiratory um, illness that is seems to be coming back again. Mm-hmm. So I had to take the cat uh, this morning to the vet. It was a different procedure of me calling the vet from outside. <laughs> And they'll do like a quick diagnosis of what's going on. And then they'll take the cat inside. And then I wait to come back to pick up the cat and paint them. It's completely different from what I used to do before, like anything else. We've had to adjust to this new normal. So I've gone to the store like normal. I went to Carvel last night because I felt like I really needed ice cream. And ice ice cream is essential. So aside from other vices food is as far as i will go i don't drink i don't smoke that's what i do i eat (laughs) but even then i'm trying not to go to the point where i'm trying to comfort myself with food lately and this has been going on and off but you know I've gotten to the point where I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do to eat. You know, I I, I don't want to eat fast food yet. I don't I don't want to cook. It, it's nice to have a home cooked meal every once in a while, but sometimes when you have the the mental uh, stress of everything that's going on, it's hard to kind of deal with. The simple things that you have to do day in and day out, like eating. There are times in which, you know, I would eat maybe first thing in the morning until like mid-afternoon and then like get home. I don't want to eat anything. And then kind of have a weird fasting until the next morning. So I'm like, not that I'm planning to do this on purpose, but sometimes even the the fact of having food that's being cooked or having food in general just is not pleasurable and I don't know if it was just something that I'm going through personally or now combine combine all that with what we're dealing with makes it even more stressful in which it's the opposite because I've never felt this way about eating I eat to give myself comfort and I've gone through some crap (laughs) for the past year that normally I would have turned to a lot more food, but before then I did. During the crap, not so much. So not that I'm saying I'm losing weight, but it's more about I'm losing the thing that gave me comfort. So I don't I don't want to turn into other things to help get me through this. But this is one of them. Podcasting. I haven't done a podcast in several months. The last one I did was with Gene. And that was, what, 10 weeks ago? Thereabouts. Or from Canada, thereabouts. I've listened to those podcasts, or i listened to older podcasts of us. And I miss those times. I've been wanting to do podcasts in, in general. Like... Getting back into the swing of things. Doing my sci-fi news week in and week out. Now, since things have been postponed or canceled, I, I there's not much in the way of news that is going to be something that I can report on other than, okay, so what am I doing? What am I watching? What am I reading? And maybe connecting with some of you guys out there to be part of this as well. Because honestly, that I think is going to be the, the way out of all of this is to be kind of reconnected with everyone. I've noticed during the last couple of weeks that when I'm out in the public... Someone needs a hand, doesn't have to ask. I'm, I'm kind of like Johnny on the spot, and I'm, and I'm trying to make an effort, I'm trying to make myself feel like, you know, look out for your fellow neighbor. Because in time, one day you will need that helping hand as well. So so it, it, it's one of those things that I'm not trying to be, you know, all of a sudden you're a better person. No, I'm just trying to be, this is where you need to step up. More so. So that's where I'm at least when I'm out there, at least trying to do something. And yes, you're supposed to stay home because that is something. You're stopping that virus from spreading. So whether you have it or not, by doing nothing and staying at home is still doing something. And that's the hard part that we have to wrap our heads around. But The whole point of this podcast is not for me to rant about the coronavirus. It's me to talk about Picard. Star Trek Picard is what this podcast is supposed to be about. And I'll get to it. Trust me. I will talk about Picard because I have to. I mean, the world may be going to shit, but before it does and I'm off this planet, I want to share my thoughts about Star Trek Picard. So I I started with one of the things that I wanted to do was like, am I going to write an outline? Because I don't want to kind of rant and then go off tangent and then come back to a point that I forget three hours later. I want to kind of keep this a little bit structured. Okay. So if you're listening to this podcast, great. I'm really happy you are doing something other than whatever you're doing in your daily lives. You're we taking a break from news or watching TV or reading, but you're listening to me talking about Star Trek Picard. After the first episode that Mr. Gene and I watched, I continued with it. I really tried. All right, well, let me hold on to that. Before I get into the deep weeds of Picard. If you don't know by now. I love all things science fiction. Star Trek is part of that. Star Trek is part of my life. In in many different ways. Many positive ways. And. I want to see Star Trek continue. Going forward that inspires other people to do the exact same thing. Whether you feel you're wanting to explore a career in astrophysics, or become an astronaut, or an engineer, or go into the medical field, because a lot of different components that we see on Star Trek, a lot of people grew up watching this Either identified with the characters or love what they were doing and they wanted to pa- pursue that as a passion in their in their lives as a career that's fantastic for me as a librarian that's the thing that after Next Generation first came out in the first season I started to read books for pleasure because I love the show so much I did not want to wait until the next season to have my daily dose of Star Trek. But because Star Trek The Next Generation was kind of like my Star Trek, not to say that the classic isn't, but it's like we talked about this before with Gene, is that depending on your James Bond that you grew up with, that's your James Bond. If it was, you're back in the 60s, then it's Sean Connery. If it's the 70s, it's going to be Roger Moore and so on and so on. So, this was my Star Trek, and I love everything about this. Okay? Okay. Why am I so <laughs> Why? Oh, my God. I forgot the guy's uh, the character on South Park. Mr. Mackey? Oh, whatever. I'm sure I'll remember it like after I met him. and am like, oh, God damn it. In addition to reading the Star Trek novels, I also wanted to write for the actual series. Luckily, they back in the day, they used to have the Star Trek open submission for unsolicited scripts. Now, I never got to that point in which I was able to submit a script to the next generation, but I got into the sweet spot where Star Trek Deep Space Nine kind of came into play during Star Trek's uh, Next Gen's run. So the initial idea was because I heard that Deep Space Nine was going to be a space station and I knew some rough outlines, I started working on an idea and came up with a script and with someone else that also loved Star Trek, who I, I love dearly, is was a big mentor to me. And we worked on this script together and we came up with our own version and When the TV uh, pilot showed, I was extremely happy to hear or to see that there was a character similar to what we created, which was a shapeshifter. And that's what made me feel like I'm almost there. Like I can see the reasons why this character made it to that series. You know, you need to have a lens to look at humanity at a certain way. And what better way than to have a shapeshifter? that is outside looking in at us, right? So I got that, and I was happy I was on the right track. But because this was unproducible, because we're talking about crossing over uh, Anton Rowe at the time, as well as Chief O'Brien, I put in uh, elements from, uh, oh my God, I'm blanking out the Deltons the bald people that had the big libido that was in um, the original motion picture, Aliyah was in there. So her, Ducker was going to be a part of this and it was a big, grandiose story. There was no way this was ever going to be done, right? But now that I see like the first season of Star Trek Deep Space Nine, I got to rework the script again with someone else and kind of pared it down and I brought in Hugh back in the day uh, into a similar story And uh, I loved it. I really was happy with it. So we got to submit that to Paramount. And I got my first rejection letter. And that's fantastic. And I am so proud of that moment that I got my first rejection letter. And the reason why is because someone actually got to read this. You know? That's the world to me. Someone got to read it. It would have been great if I was like, hey, would you like you to come in and pitch some more stories, which probably didn't have any anyway. But still, that's more than what some people would do to follow their dreams. Right. So Star Trek is a part of me as much as I was gonna say it's part of me as much as I have hair, which is not the case because I don't have no hair. But it's it's a part of me as I have a soul I think right I quote it I listen to the music I've watched every single series good and bad but when I watch Star Trek Discovery it's a different beast altogether and when I move into Star Trek Picard Oh my God, it's, you are relying on the love for a character to propel you to come back to Star Trek in this new direction. And I think this is what um, has been pissing me off with this series. What every series has been doing up till, even to Discovery-ish in uh, Season 2, is that it's a procedural. You know, you are on a mission of exploration in some form or fashion, and you have characters, you have conflict, not necessarily with themselves, although... I'll get to the Bacard situation a little bit in a bit, but the conflict or the storytelling aspect will come from whatever that thing that they meet their situation that they are faced with. And then what are the implications of dealing with it? The resolution from week to week, there was no need to do story arcs from the original series. You can watch one episode one week, Jump in three years later, watch another episode, and the two are not necessarily connected, nor would you have to remember who is that person or that person, other than from your main players, like Kirk, Spock, McCoy, Uhura, Chekov, Sulu, and Scotty, and so forth. And that's fine. So it's all self-contained. And then Next Generation had a couple of two-parters, and they did mini-arcs. In which, like, for example, when Bacar became, in the best of both worlds, part of the Borg collective, you know, you had a cliffhanger episode, but then you also had um, another episode, which was the family episode. And I forget which season, but the remnants of his experience with the Borg, you know, he is back in France with his brother and they're kind of going at it about, you know, past experience, whatever. But he felt hopeless. He felt scared. Whatever that is, he kind of worked through those emotions and was able to go back into space. And it has come back several times, like in I, Borg. Um, and we're trying to think of a couple of other episodes that dealt with the Borg. Oh, the, another cliffhanger with dealing with lore. So, you know, there are sort of story, story elements in which Because if you knew what happened to Picard, you knew the past history, even watching First Contact, you know, ties into what had happened on the TV show. Whereas, you watch Picard, you have to have known so much before going into this. Who the hell is Data? What happened to Data? You know, you just... Are not even, which is the other thing that really pisses me off about the card. There is so much telling and not enough showing. Don't talk to me about data. Don't talk to me about how he died. Show me about data. Show me about how he died. Or this person's relationship to that person. You have to show me. Do not. Tell me a lot of the problem for this show is that it's because of that. So if you're a casual fan, you're not going to get a lot of the references. The fact that somehow Bacard knows seven of nine or vice versa. And I, the only reason why I know that they know each other is because of the stupid comic book. <laughs> in which the two of them did meet after Voyager came back. But I hate the comic book so much. And I hate the writer who wrote it because he was on Voyager who dismissed his own work to make that story work. And I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me. You're undermining the very thing that you wrote on Voyager, but in the comic book, you just, you threw that all away. If you're going to explain Seven of Nine just a character that Picard knows, and you have no idea about, about Star Trek, who the hell is this character, let alone Hugh, right? And if you listen to my podcast promo, you know, I did a little bit with Hugh as a stand-up comedian. My love for Star Trek goes deep, and I care about Star Trek, but Star Trek Picard is not that at all. So that's one level of, as a new fan, you're not going to get any of this reference. You're not going to care about some old man unless you're watching Up from Pixar. That's it. Seriously, you're not going to get any of these references. Why? Because they don't show you any of it. They don't. The other thing, more than anything else, is the fucking cursing. Hence why I'm cursing, to show a point. My podcasts sometimes curse, but you knew that already. Why do you need to include that in Star Trek and rely on it so much, right? Going back to Star Trek Next Generation, the card in his subversiveness. Uh, I'm probably going to mispronounce this word, but it's mierde, which is French for shit. He says that a lot. And unless you know what that word was, he's saying shit, 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 shit. shit. It's funny. Because he gets away with cursing, but just saying shit. When we see the movie Generations, and Data gets his emotional chip um, implanted, and he has to deal with the Enterprise ship, the saucer section, crashing into a planet. And he realizes the situation. He says, Oh shit. Hysterical. Because the situation warranted that. The card does not have to say, The fucking hubris of you, right? Or shut the fuck up, Picard. I am livid. When I got to episode four, and the captain was talking about, oh, I hate that fucking hologram. I had it. I was done, and I quit. Literally, I quit Picard at the beginning of episode four. I can't stand that. Star Trek has a set of rules that you're not following. And I get that the conflict is what is restrictive when you don't have the conflict within with each other. Because humanity is supposed to have achieved a better level of perfection, or a better sense of a better society in the future than we're what we're dealing with right now, right? Michael Chabon writes that the reason why we say all the different curses is because we'll never be able to be that perfect society. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Again, emphasizing the cursing here. Because it's funny, right? You have to project a future of our better selves. That's what Star Trek has always been about, is projecting our better selves. So the other thing is that, you know, Roddenberry's future, or vision of the future, is that, you know, you have no conflict amongst us, right? We've kind of moved past that. So it was hard to write the conflict within the characters, but, like, if we go back to the original series... There was conflict, but you had conflict because you had Bones and Spock. Spock is alien. He's half human, half Vulcan. So you would have conflict because Spock is a logical being and McCoy is more emotional. There's a conflict, and that's perfect. Next generation, you had a lot of people who are... You had Data, who's an android. You had Deanna, who's a beta set, who's an empath. You also have uh, Worf, who is a Klingon. So you had alien crewmen on your ship, not humans, to bring up the drama and the conflict. You go to Deep Space Nine. You have a majority of alien officers... With a handful of Federation officers, so the conflict would be Federation against the Bajorans, like Major Kira. Because that's how you write the story: you put our characters who have achieved a certain status, put them in an alien setting, and then you, there you go. Now Voyager gets a little gets to be a little tricky at times because it's still, you know, the Federation's um, aspirations, but you're so far away. Do you really have to follow the rules that no one's going to see you? And in the, um, what is the episode's name? The Equinox, where you had a similar ship, not of design, but a similar situation where you had the caretaker grab a ship, brought it to the Delta Quadrant, and they dealt with their situation differently. So it's interesting to see the two ships being run to survive and how they use their principles to guide them or the lack of principles to guide them and see how the, the outcomes compare. So that's the kind of thing that you can do a workaround. And even when you have... Enterprise, the majority of the crew were, you know, human. You had T'Pol, who was Vulcan, a science officer on on the crew of Enterprise. And then you also had the Doctor, who's also alien. So you have ways that you can still build in that story structure of having conflict and resolution within the characters themselves. Whereas Picard... All that has gone by the wayside. Everything is all about everyone being a dick to each other. And the Federation is falling apart, which I guess that's what's going to lead into what will happen for Star Trek Discovery Season 3. Which, don't get me started, that's just the Andromeda series, which is another series that Roddenberry wrote. We'll talk about that another time. But there's nothing about this show that I care about. And with the fucks, I just couldn't deal with it. I just could not. I don't care about the characters. I care about Picard. But even then, Picard was just like, you're, you're going through the motions. You're, you're going along with Elrond. Who is like, oh, my God, I I don't understand where this is going anymore. You know. Because if we're going to do the story about, well, Data had these two daughters or. Technically, we're going to leave out Lull altogether from, you know, Data when he first tried to create life and he created a daughter. Right. No mention of that. So even if me being nitpicky is my reason why I'm, I'm not satisfied with the show, that's fine. But the fact is, you're going into as a new fan, you're not going to know who these characters are. You don't know their history. You don't know their relationship. And worst off in my situation, I don't care about any of them. You don't care about the characters. You lost everything. I don't care about Ralphie. I don't care about the, the, the um, what's his name? The captain, whatever. I don't care about the, the scientist who came aboard. And I forgot her name. Because <laughs> I don't care. But Mark Bernardin, he's been someone who I follow. He's on the Kevin Smith podcast, Fat Man Beyond, and he had news, or he's he posted something on Facebook, a couple of like a month or two ago, that he is serving as supervising producer of Picard season two. Granted, I'm not crazy about the idea that there was a season two because when the beginnings of the the first a couple of episodes aired. Patrick Stewart went on a view and asked Whoopi Goldberg, would you join me on season two of Picard? Now, of course she said yes, which I'm like, oh God. All right. So, but because I followed that show, that podcast, I like Mark's perspective on things and the fact that he shared the fact that he too wrote like a speculative script and he actually went further than I did with mine that I truly felt, Hey, this might be the very thing that Star Trek needs is someone who cares about Star Trek. And I'm saying, I'm I'm not like him, nor do I say that this is a person who's going to fix it all. But I trust his opinion And I believe in what he has to say is going to be good for the show. So with that prospect down the road and me being the kind of completest viewing person, I mean, if you ask me, you know, what I thought about Sequest, I'll say, which season? Because I stuck it through it all. Good and bad, not so much. But, you know, there was a couple of mamas. I'm like, oh, okay. And then it's all shit. But I watched it all. I could have walked away from it, but I didn't. Because I'm a completist in that sense. I really hate quitting midway through anything like that. Even if it just ends up being, oh my God, like fucking heroes. Too bad it never went anywhere after season one. The joke is, it did. And it still sucked. Even the reboot, the time jump. You're still killing me doing the exact same thing why no one liked it in the first place. So first great season. After that, don't even bother. But I watched. Okay. So going back to Picard. So if he's going to be on board for season two and my friend Melinda, who had joined me on the Star Wars our trailer reaction with her husband, Frank. He's a big Star, Star Trek fan. She has been kind of pushing me to get back in there. Mr. Gene also was still watching and wasn't happy, but he was still watching about that whatever show Picard was going to be. So I pushed through the last week, episodes four through nine. So today being Thursday. Uh what's it the twenty-sixth? Tonight well, right now I can watch the final episode, which is episode ten. Which I'm going to pause the podcast. I'm gonna watch it and then talk about that aspect. Let's see if they were able to stick the landing. Which at this point, no. <laughs> That's my prediction. No. But I want to take that break. Maybe something will be miraculous and I'll like say, see, you could have done this all along. Or you could have joined us all along, whatever. No one's going to get that stupid reference. Anyway, um, so I'm going to take a quick break and I'm going to spend an hour or so biting hard on my pillow try not to scream as I watched the last episode of The Card, episode 10 season 1 so I will be right back in a moment check out what's been going on with the pop culture cosmos show and the PCC multiverse you know how Disney kind of like puts films on an assembly line but you know that when you're getting something from Pixar because it takes so long to craft that there's a lot of care put into it that's the pop culture cosmos show and the PCC multiverse playing Worldwide on radio seven days a week, your favorite podcast app, and right here on the ESO Network. All right, so I'm back from watching the last episode of Picard or Star Trek Picard. So yeah, let's just say that this is by far the least Star Trek of all the Star Trek series that I've ever seen. I don't like what has been done. I don't like this darker future. Again, I know that this is kind of leading up to what is going to be happening for Discovery's future in which there's gonna be basically no Federation And it's up to the crew of Discovery to bring back the principles and ideals of what the Federation and Starfleet is all about. But fuck this series. Seriously. (laughs) Two more fucks dropped on this episode. Two more. Wasn't needed. Not at all. It wasn't needed ever in this series. Again, you're dismissing what Roddenberry had visioned for the future for the series at Star Trek. And yes, you're going to have different caretakers that can reinterpret the, the mission, the ideals, and kind of play with it and kind of remix it a bit. I get that. J.J. Abrams, I think, is probably does a better example of doing something different in its own new universe, even though the Kelvin timeline is still a mess because it has not been addressed as to how that's not interfering with a prime universe timeline. I'm not going to get into that right now. But for what it is for right now, if there was ever a saving grace... And again, it goes back to you being a Star Trek fan and you being a Star Trek fan of Next Generation and you being a fan of Star Trek and in in Next Generation and have watched the movies. The moments that you see with Picard and Riker and Troy and with Data, that is what I miss. I missed the history that we had with those characters, and it was good to see them again. So um, not going to go into too much in the way of spoilers, but literally, like, at the 40-minute mark, I'm looking at the time like I still have 16 minutes, which means what had happened, there's still going to be more stuff, and I knew what was going to happen, and I was just like, Oh, whatever. This is just fucking ridiculous. But the moment that we see at towards the end touching. That's it's a it's a nice closure moment to what um if you had watched Nemesis, then this is that moment that you can have closure for these characters, right? It was nice to see Riker, uh, but again. Going back a couple episodes ago, having Picard with Troy and Riker again, that bond is special. Sure, you can bring a seven to nine back, but what bond does he have with Jean Luc or JL? Who cares? It, there is no connection. The whole Borg thing. It's ridiculous to begin with. And it never paid off. Elnor or Elrod, whatever you want to call that guy, never pays off. I don't care about any of these characters. You've wasted so much time and effort in creating a new crew as if to say, no, those people don't count that you grew up with, right? It's like watching the new movies that Disney says, well, yeah, sure, we'll have, you know, Darth Vader and all that, but we gotta create our own new characters. So when we do our new parks, that's what we're gonna get our stuff up. We don't wanna pay royalties towards the older characters. And I get that. But in doing so, you got shitty characters and no one cares about them. We had three movies About characters we didn't care in the Star Wars movies. Now we got more characters in Picard. And I don't give a shit about them. I really don't. Once more, you know, we have. Disappointment with this new direction with Kurtzman's Star Trek. This is now the third go around. With Discovery season one and two. And this and then if we're supposed to go more into discovery season three and if the way things are going section 31 fuck this no we're not doing this I am all for crappy not great episodes of the original series TOS, TNG, DS9, Voyager, Enterprise. I'll take any of those bad episodes over the new crap that I see. Seriously. When I gave up watching Picard on season uh, episode four, I started watching Voyager on disc starting on season four. And right now I'm on season six and a half. And I also watched The Orville season two on disc. And I had a much better time with that. I don't necessarily have to feel like you have to rehash what was done before. But The Orville shows, you can still do something similar to what fans love. And that's what I've missed. I've missed things like that, like The Orville does so well. And I love those characters. I care about more of those characters than I do about Picard or anyone on Discovery. You know, I look forward to one, if we do get a uh, Pike series And number one. Yeah, I'm all in for that. They were dynamic. They were interesting. These people are just boring as shit. Sorry, I'm recording outside, but, you know, but again, too much about, hey, I'm going to tell you how I feel about my past history, whatever. I'm not going to show anything. I don't give a shit about the series. And it's very frustrating to be invested uh, 10 hours of your time in this case, about 10 hours, for a series that doesn't amount to much of anything. You have moments in which Honestly, if I could have just skipped to the Riker and Troy episode and the last 15 minutes of this episode, I would have been fine. I miss those characters. But in no way, shape or form do I consider Picard, Star Trek Picard, to be a Star Trek series. It's a disgrace. It should never be carried, you know, as that title. As a Star Trek series. You know. In the grand scheme of things. My opinion is my opinion. Okay. Please feel free to disagree with me. I would love to hear. If I'm completely wrong. Or I'm missing the mark. That's fine. I am not your gatekeeper. To what you love. To what you enjoy. Because there's plenty of crap that I like. That I know it's shit. Like. Uh, X-Men, um, uh, the dark Phoenix, it's a crappy movie, but oh my God, I have such a good time with it because I love the music and I love Sophie Turner. So, and I love the X-Men, but is anyone else is going to watch this? Like, yeah, this is worse than X-Men last stand, which is not, but in any case, that's my thing. And if Picard is your thing, Fine. I would love to hear what you loved about it. Maybe there's stuff that I'm missing that maybe that's why you have kind of like the blank canvas of all these characters that over the years, hopefully they'll fill in. But again, I don't care. Sorry. But again, if you're listening to my podcast or to any other podcast, it's you're doing this for a reason. And I want to believe that over the years that I've done this, whether it's by myself or with Mr. Gene or with other people, that you tune in because you want to be entertained and you want to hear what others are thinking aside from what you think. But again, I would love to know what those thoughts are. So, you know, especially now when we are going to be really at a distance, I want to hear from you guys. And if it means, hey, share an email with me, I'd love to read it. You want to be in a podcast? Send me an email. Why not? I'm down for this. I We got time to do stuff. And I want to be part of this, not collective, but, you know, all of our nerdiness and geekness has to be united. More so than ever. But we have to do this in a more responsible way, which is going to be through technology. And I got you covered. You know, we'll do a phone call, and I can record your phone call. We can do, you know, um, now we we call that rabbit thing. Whatever. It's it's like a shared viewing party, like a viewing party, basically. But there are apps out there that you can do this. You want to do that? Hey, I'm down to do that. I'm more than happy to watch something with you. But I need to know and hear you. You have to send me something. Make an effort. Meet me halfway, <laughs> as the old joke goes. But the way to do that, you need my email address. So if you haven't known by now, I'm telling you right now, it's monster sci-fi show at gmail.com. I'm not giving you my telephone number until I hear from you, so I'm not getting that. But in the coming days, because nothing else is going to be happening... I will be posting stuff on my Facebook page and Twitter and Instagram. The curio cabinet that I had all my new action figures on, I'm going to do Mod Podge like I did with uh, my um, iPad case that I did from Fly Below. So if you see that on Instagram, imagine that, but the whole cabinet on the outside frame, I'm gonna be doing that. So I'd love to uh, get your input on it or ask me how I did stuff. Again, connect with people. That's the best thing we can do aside from taking care of ourselves and our family. Connect. Even if it's just remotely, make the effort because that's the only only way we're going to get through this. So, Mr. Gene and I are supposed to be recording, hopefully soon, our best of 2019 since normally I do that in January. But... Again, stuff has happened and kind of prevent that from happening. Hopefully, I'll get that done. But honestly, from that point on, it's going to be weird doing podcasts. Because again, a lot of things that we're looking forward to are either going to be postponed or canceled. So I'm going to have to figure out ways to still do what I do to kind of deal with what we're dealing with on my own terms. And hopefully, that will inspire you to do something as well. Whatever that may be, whether it's reading books, doing crafts, cooking, anything that you have not done. Take the time to do this. Now is the best time to do the things you've always put off. So on that note, I want to thank you very much for listening to me and to The Monster Sci-Fi Show. It's sci-fi. From a certain point of view, be well, be safe. Until next time. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the T Public store